0: Resurrection Sunday. I, I, in the past, used to talk a lot about the fact that the church, I believe, was asleep at the wheel and allowed this to be called Easter. And, And I think it's sad. But I think also it is incumbent upon us. It's like obligatory, obligated. We ought to take this back. I mean that. I'm not trying to just excite somebody. I think we ought to take this day back. And wherever we are, we should boldly, in a full-throated way, say this is celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, from the grave. Amen. Amen. I was talking, were Sister Martha Ortigon said with us this morning about some ladies who I won't give you all of the the, uh, the the information about it, but they they said something to her about Happy Easter, and and but she said uh, Happy Resurrection Day, and they were wanted to know what did she say, you know. I remember a number of years ago when Pastor Charles and I were ministering in the nursing homes, we would do that. We would go every Tuesday, and it was around Resurrection time, and I said. Uh, happy Resurrection Day, and the little person said, "This is Easter," and I said, "No, this is Resurrection," and uh, she got into a really tussle with me because she wanted to make sure that I knew I was wrong and she was right. Yeah, but 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 the bottom line is, this is too holy for that. Now, I don't. Yes, go ahead. I I did not purpose to say that because it's not about winning a fight. It's about giving out the right information. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the very core of our faith. It is the very core of our faith. And we're going to see that a little bit clearer shortly. It is indispensable to our faith. We cannot leave the resurrection out and still have faith in God through Jesus. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. Uh, If Christ did not rise from the dead, our faith is totally empty. It's empty. And it's vain to think or believe in any of the Scriptures. We're just going through motions. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead. But we know that Jesus rose from the grave. And how do we know? you, You say, well, I know because I read it in the Bible. Yes, that's good. That's the book of truth. But how else do you know it? You know it because he gave you the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. Because when you and I were saved, we may not have known it right away, but when we were saved, we were a different person than we had been. We, we, but the, the Bible says very clearly that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he or she is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. We may not have been acutely aware that we were different that moment, but many of us were, and other, others of us progressively said, wait a minute, I'm different. I don't think like I used to think. I don't act like I used to act. I'm not as mean as I used to be. Yeah, we're different, and that's because... Jesus makes us different. He has given us the Holy Spirit. But there were some believers in Corinth that did not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so Paul addresses it, and I wanted to address it today. Yes, it was, a, it was tempting not to preach about Jesus riding into Jerusalem on that donkey and fulfilling Zechariah's prophecy that their king would come to them lowly and riding on a, on a donkey, the, the foal of a donkey, it was tempting. But I want to talk to you about resurrection. And I called it our Christ's resurrection victory. And I write in parentheses under that the guarantee. So what we, when we talk about Jesus rising from the dead, it's not just a wonderful story, it's a wonderful story. I mean, when you, but we're we saying that because it, as it were, portends or prophesies about you. It gives a prophetic statement or a prophetic picture of you. That is, that those who are in this man who rose from the grave, this man who defeated death, hell, the grave, this man, if he is in you, he makes you different, and you will have a resurrection just like him. That's what this says. Now... What, it, what I don't want anybody to misunderstand, so I'm going to say it up front if I don't say it again. When do you and I die, we don't, as it were, die like people did before. You, you, we don't die like that. We change locations. So because of Jesus, to, be, to, to die means that we are absent from the body. And we are present with the Lord. The Bible tells us clearly that, when, that Jesus conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. And so the grave can't hold you. The grave doesn't have capacity to hold you. It cannot. Death can't hold you. The grave's not strong enough. And so to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's, what, that's our message And that's what Christianity is about. It's about that and and even more. So let's talk about the reality of our faith. So the reality of our faith is the risen Christ. It's not just Jesus Christ, a nice man, a, a good man who did some good things. No, it's the risen Christ. That is the reality of our faith. And there are people without the Spirit of God who want to tell us what happened that day. They want to tell us, oh, no, he he was stolen. Now, that's hearsay. Hearsay is not accepted in the court of heaven. No, we want what God says in the court of heaven. We want the Scriptures as our witnesses and the Holy Spirit. So Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, He says, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you. I declare it, which also you received. I love that. So it's not like you can sit in church and come to a church, sit down because it's a nice, safe place to be and uh, be saved. No, you have to receive the gospel. So he says, uh, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, the good news. It's not good news if Jesus saves us temporarily. That's not good news. Now, if Jesus is going to save me for um, a a few weeks, a few months, a few years, that means that in this life only I have hope. Yeah, because it can't save me eternally, but it can save me. So what is it going to do? It's It's not going to be the life that I want. It's not going to be saving like I need to be saved or like you need to be saved. I I never shall forget when my wife was telling me about the preacher. I think it was A.B. Charles who said it. Well, some kind of one of Charles. One alphabet Charles. (laughs) But anyway, it was, uh, I don't know why I get that, A.B., but C.B. C.D. Somebody want to pray for hearing? Somebody can pray for hearing. I was doing pretty well with A.B., And now I understand it's CB. All right. I was doing fine over there, A, B, -B C, you know. But anyway, someone asked the question, someone asked the question, uh, could the say be lost? And his answer was so splendid. He says, it depends on who saved you. And so Jesus saved you. Why? Because he is from everlasting to everlasting. He is the eternal God. So that means that he saves you in himself, of himself. So you are saved. You are secured. You don't have, don't have let anybody ever tell you different than that. Why? Because you received the gospel and in which you stand, I receive the gospel, and I stand in the gospel. And he says in verse 2, by which also you are saved. You are saved, 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 if you hold fast that word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. And so what many do, at the end of that sentence, they say, well, no, no, no. This is the caveat. This is the buyer beware. If you hold fast, you've got to hold fast, he says, unless you believe in things. So Paul talks about the idea of failure here. But this is what he's talking about. He is, saying, he is saying that you cannot give mental assent and be saved. So you don't give mental assent to the gospel and be saved. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Oh, yeah, maybe I'll try it. You know, mental assent is not biblical faith. For, for example, the Scripture says um, uh, that y- uh, in James chapter 2, verse 19, it says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. It says, even the demons believe and tremble. So the demons don't believe unto salvation. The, de- the de- uh, demons believe, that is, giving mental assent. They say, yeah, like the the, the, maniac in, the in Capernaum, when uh, Jesus walked into the synagogue, folks, quote, unquote, I'm going to say church folks, right? Church folks had been worshiping with the, demon, the demon-possessed the demon person, and they were perfectly fine with it. Jesus walks into the thing, and, and the demon speaks out, and he says, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And, and Jesus says, be quiet or shut up and come out. And, and, of course, that did. So the demon recognized that Jesus is who he says he is, but it was not believing Unto salvation. So you can come and sit down and say, oh, I think I like. Christianity as an idea, as another philosophy. Well, that doesn't save you. That's not saving faith. But to believe in the heart, to have God breathe on you. You're a rank sinner. You reek of sin, and you come into the, the presence of a living God, and God changes you. You say, I know that I know that I know, because you have one moment, as it were, of sanity, and you say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and he can save me. That's salvation that comes from God. That's what Jesus brought us. That's what Jesus brought us. Now, everybody in our sphere of influence should know who we are and whose we are and why we are. Everybody. You, there, no, nobody should, should, should not know that you're a Christian. Th- everybody, if you're in the workplace and nobody knows you're a Christian, then maybe God doesn't know. They don't know you're a Christian. You see, listen, you know, listen, this is why. This is from the Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 2. By the way, when I preach, I try to bring in witnesses. I, I always wanted to be a lawyer. And so I get to be a lawyer here, and I bring my witnesses. I bring, you know, Peter and James, John, Matthew, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Bring them on the witness stand and see what they have to say. But this is, what, this is what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. He says, we are a chosen generation. So that means that God chose us for salvation. That's amazing. That's a reality. And let's don't get into the, the, the fairness of it. Just say yes. yes. You know, we are chosen generations. Number two, we are royal priesthood. Royal, that means that we are born of God, we're born of the Spirit of God, So, and we are priests unto God, but we are royal because we are God's children, Yahweh's offspring. That's who we are. How do I know? Because we are born of the Spirit of God. We're not born just because something happened in the universe. There was a big bang or something. I'm making fun of that, I guess. We, we are holy we are royal priesthoods, then thirdly, we are a holy nation. So we are a people group now. All of God's children are a people group. Yeah, we are a holy nation. So who do you well, where are you from? I'm from the nation of God. <laughs> yeah, I'm from the holy nation. I'm from the holy nation. Well, I've never heard of that nation before. Well, have you been to church, you know? We're his own special people that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10 says, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You and I are the result of the mercy of God. That you and I, when we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for you. I'm not just all of us, yes, but for you. He died for me. It's personal. It's personal. Hallelujah, somebody. So, the gospel is the most important message the church has ever proclaimed. Yes, it's, it's the most important. We must be the, speak the, the gospel, proclaim it, and then live it. Another living proclamation of it. Live it. You know, it's good to be involved in some, some, quote unquote, some social actions and the betterment of mankind. There's no reason why these involvements should preempt the gospel. They, they, if, if, if there's something in the world, I'm often asked to do things in the world uh, to help this or to do that, and I always ask myself, would I put my, uh, would I put Christianity in a bad light if I participate? There are things that are perfectly good, and I don't participate in them because I think somebody's going to misunderstand my role. Why? I, I, I don't want to ever, as it were, put the, the Lord to an open shame. So I'm very careful what I put my name to. Yes, as a matter of fact, I, my wife always tells me, you need to go on your Facebook. I went on my Facebook and I saw all those things on there. I thought, let me clean this up. I didn't give anybody permission to put them there. So I had to clean it up. Why? Because I don't want my good to be evil spoken of. And that's what he is saying here. You and I, you and I can't get involved in just everything because we're not our own. We're not our own. This day proclaims we're not our own. Amen. We're not our own. Amen. And so what I'm going to share with you in just a moment here when Paul talks to the Corinthians, he says Christ died. These are, uh, are biblical and historical facts. Christ died. He was buried. He rose again. He was seen. So these are based on, on historical facts, but, but they are really a proclamation from the gospel. Christ died. Christ was buried. Christ rose again. Christ was seen. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. So Paul says to the Corinthians, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. So he's saying that to us, that the Scriptures... truth so so that we we often say we say it like this that the veracity or the truthfulness of Scripture so the truth the truth is in the Scriptures so Paul says he died for our sins according to the Scriptures so he is he is showing us who Jesus is that is God himself has testified of his son God, as it were, the supreme judge of the universe, as it were, says, I call myself as a witness. That's amazing. And so Jesus is is God's son. So he died for our sins. And now, died for our sins. That's important. And he was buried. So he died for our sins. Our sins covered him. He was the sin bearer. So he was buried. That means he was in a grave, in a tomb. And that he rose again the third day. According, again, to the Scriptures. And he was seen. I love that. So we don't have a myth about somebody rising from the grave. There were witnesses. And Paul gives six categories. He says, by Cephas. Now, you know Cephas, right? Who was Cephas? Oh, Peter. Oh, you know. (laughs) So Peter. Why would he, he put Peter first? I think probably because Peter had denied him. Peter had denied him. You may say today, Pastor, I've never denied the Lord. Have you in works? Have you in your actions denied him? Have you, uh, you know, kind of moved around so people would know that you were really Christians because you didn't want to be belittled? By Cephas. Then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. So we have Peter as the first witness, then the the 12 apostles, including Matthias, uh, the 12 apostles saw him, and then we had 500. So right now we've got 502 witnesses who saw Jesus alive after his resurrection. They they all could not have uh, have been mistaken. notice, Notice what he says. And then he was seen by Oh, by by the way, Paul says, the greater part remained to the present to that time, but some had died, he said. After that, he was seen by, number four, by James. By James. James was his brother. Uh, Mary, and and if you're here and you're from another faith, don't be angry with me for saying this, but Mary did have children of of Jesus, and then she had children. The Bible is very clear, And, and the Word of God cannot lie. So, I'm not picking uh, th- by saying that. So, she had children. She had James and, and uh, 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 Judith, uh, and uh, there were some girls there, and, and those brothers, the Bible says his brothers did not believe in him. And so, Jesus grew up in this house, and these guys grew up, and the girls, the girls may have believed more than the boys. That's generally the way it is. But, but... By the way, somebody accused me of always throwing the men under the bus. I I don't mean to do that. I I, I don't mean to do that. If I did that, you guys forgive me. And, And come to the men's meeting and I'll make it up to you. But, but, yeah, but the, bro- the brothers did not believe in him. They, they would say, th- you know, hey, if you, if you nobody who, who seeks to be known, you know, does these things in, in secret, so you ought to go to Jerusalem and let everybody know who you are if you, if you really are. So James was, was one of those brothers who did that. And James, now Jesus appears to James after the resurrection. This, this is mind-blowing. It's hard to talk about. He appears to James. Hey, James. I can just hear the conversation. Hey, James. This is Yeshua. What? Yes, Yeshua. Sure. But you 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 uh who are you? This is Yeshua. But but they said he wasn't there. They said that the spirit was in your side. He says, Look, this is Yeshua. James, I love you. I can hear the conversation. James and J- and James now is beside himself, he comes to faith. He comes to faith because he saw the risen Christ. There's something very powerful about seeing the risen Christ. Paul, the, the Saul of Tarsus, did not walk with the Jesus who walked the earth, but Saul of Tarsus met the risen Christ. There, you and I have met the risen Christ. That's big. So he met James, and James now, James became the head, of the, uh, the chief apostle of the Jerusalem church, and, and his nickname was Camel Knees. His nickname was Camel Knees. Now, why would they call him Camel Knees? Because this is how I'm feeling. This is Don LaVelle's interpretation, that living in the house with Jesus all those years, and he never had a clue that he was living with God. Stayed on his knees. Stayed on his knees. This is so big. The resurrection is so big because even those who were not convinced uh, that the Jesus who walked the earth was the Messiah, was God in the flesh, when they saw him resurrected, they believed. You and I, we have, we have not missed out on anything. Sometimes when I was younger, I would think, well, I wish I'd been there when Jesus walked the earth, but I have seen now the glorified Jesus. You and I have seen the, the risen Savior, and he is real He is real in our hearts. He is real in our minds. And we don't need anybody to give us more proof than God the Father has given us, the Scriptures that cannot lie, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so Paul talks about it, and he says, Then after James, he was seen by all the apostles. There were apostles more than the twelve. And he was seen by all of those. And he says, in verse 8, it says, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Wow, Paul says, he was seen by me. Paul met the resurrected Savior. He was on his way to Damascus to persecute people like us. He was giving his vote to have us killed. But when he met a man who was dead, but was alive forevermore, he was changed. And you and I have met a man who was dead, but alive forevermore. That's why we're changed. And nothing can unchange us. Nothing can unchange us. Hallelujah. We are on our way to see the king, and nothing is going to turn us around. You say, well, why do do you believe that, Pastor? Because of who saved us. Who saved us. He cannot lose us. I didn't mean to go in this direction, but I just sense that I need to say it. He cannot lose us, why? Because out of his own words, he is the truth. He is the way, he is the life. And he says, nobody can take you from me. Nobody can snatch you from me. He says, my Father, he's greater than all. He's greater than all. And nobody can snatch you from the Father. I tell you, somebody ought to say hallelujah or something. Nobody can take you. I had an old friend, you know, my my past life, uh, I worked in the oil business, and, and the oil business was like a frontier, man. It's frontier. It's like everybody in the oil business should probably have been born in the 1700s, 1800s. Rugged, hard, tough. And I'm, I saw an old friend last week. Last week I saw an old friend. He came to Uh, The Kingsville Christian Fellowship, where I was preaching Thursday night, he came and and I I gave a invitation. Everybody else, I believe, was saved, but he was not. And uh, so, but I thought "Ah, maybe I should not bother him. Maybe I should not bother him. Uh, You know, I said. But the Holy Spirit said, go talk to him. I I heard the Holy Spirit. Come on, the Holy Spirit, it wasn't DGL because DGL didn't want to bother him. If you know anything about me, I don't like to bother people, right? And I didn't want to bother him, and the Holy Spirit said, go talk to him. So I went down there and talked to him, and I called his name. I said, hey, I said, uh, "I said, hey, what do you think about the message? Something like that, I said. I said, hey, don't you want to, do you want to, do you want to receive Jesus Christ? I mean, do you want to be saved? Do you want God to do something for you? He said, yes. 80-something years old. In his 80s, yes, yes. I said, well, listen, I'm going to make this easy for you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer because it'll make it easy for you. And let's, let me just follow after me. And I, I let him in a, in, a, in a prayer of repentance because this amazing salvation that God has he gives it to us, not because we deserve it, not because we've been so sweet and cute and all that stuff. Loves the way we walk or whatever. But, but God gives it to us. Can I just be a DG for a minute? It just doesn't make sense. It's, it's like so good. Oh God, this is how good God is. He says, all I want from you This is a rotten sinner, right? All I want from you is is that you admit you're wrong. Just tell me you're wrong and tell me that you believe that Jesus is my son. And at that moment, the grace of God just... And you have the ability to see like you've never seen. And all you have to do to get this eternal salvation is say, I was wrong. And I receive Jesus because yes. He's gonna make me righteous. Yes. 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 And and God gives you eternal life. Yes. That, that blows me away. Yes. That blows me away. So that's all God is asking for. And so and my friend, my friend, my friend, my old friend, not my longtime friend, who was in his eighties. He prayed the sinner's prayer, and he was changed. Visibly, he was changed. Visibly, he was changed. changed. He's okay. Okay. Well, I guess it wasn't. It's okay. I'm okay. But he was changed. And he said these words to me, and I want to encourage somebody. He said these words to me. I'm glad you did this. I was thinking, I don't want to bother him. He's, he's rejected all this time. Now in his 80s. He's come, he's come around the last curve, and he, he can see the, the tape in front of him. But he says, I'm glad. I'm glad you did this. I don't have time to finish my message. But if you'll come back, I'll finish this message. But this day is an important day. It's a day when God used a a mighty shout. It wasn't a literal bullhorn, but I don't know how God could be clear. This day marks a day when a man got out of the grave great men had died before Abraham Isaac, Jacob Moses Caleb, Joshua David you can just name them, they died and they stayed dead but this man this man got out of the grave and he is alive forevermore and I, I bank everything on him because he is the truth and cannot lie. And I want somebody in this house today, when I come back after a while, I want somebody in this house to say, I want Jesus Christ. I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want Jesus Christ in my heart. I'm going to give myself to Jesus today. That's what I'm asking for. And I'll be back in a moment. But I want you to think about it. You and I must realize that death is not annihilation. Sometimes we think death is annihilation. That is I go to sleep, I don't wake up, I don't know nothing, you know. That's not death. Death is not annihilation. You're going to be conscious somewhere you can be conscious with God enjoying heaven enjoying joys that we probably not not probably we've never ever known they're so great enjoying eternal life with eternal goodness no more wickedness craziness No more backbiting, and lying, and stealing, and cheating. We can be with God. And all we have to do is admit that we've been wrong, and that we received Jesus. Let me say one more thing. God is so good, It's hard for me to grasp how and why he's so good. He wants to give you everything. And all he asks you to do is admit you're wrong and receive his son. And I'm going to be back again. And I want you to to do that.